Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others and Loving Jesus. I am your host, Kim Smith. We're on episode 140, The Dangers of Deception. I don't know what your thoughts are on the whole concept of deception. There are so many crimes that are deception-based. One that just automatically came to mind just now is the crime of identity theft that oftentimes people do not take very seriously until it's their identity that is stolen. It is so sad, so sad, the countless amount of financial dollars that are robbed from individuals by someone who either pretends to be them or steals their information in order to attempt to be them in a financial capacity. It, I spent many years doing presentations on identity theft and I myself was a victim of identity theft at the time of Hurricane Katrina. I was at my graduation and I was in a hotel room because we couldn't come back to New Orleans because of the damage from the storm. And I was in a hotel room. I logged in on the Wi-Fi network at the hotel and somehow which wouldn't have been real complicated as I learned later someone stole my identity and even though they were unable to steal funds because well I was a Hurricane Katrina survivor and had no funds they still made my life challenging uh, I have a letter somewhere in my in my notes where it says, Dear Estate of Kimberly Smith, we were sorry to hear of the death of Kimberly Smith. You know, I was too. Whenever I was reading that letter, you know, I'm reading it and I'm going, well, this is just beyond bizarre. I mean, that's just what that comes down to. Deception in any form is not of God. God is the straight line. He is the straight arrow. He is the line drawn in the sand that never moves. He has no deceit in him. So who deceives us? How do we get deceived? Sometimes it comes through others. Sometimes it comes straight from the father of lies himself or his minions where he sets out to destroy us and he uses deception as one of his tools. But then as we talk today about the next, the next story in the saga of King Saul and David, we're going to see the concept of self-deception. So we've been following through and we're going to spend a few more months, I'm sure, probably on Saul chasing David and just the many lessons that we can learn from that whole idea. So give you a little background. King Saul, first king of Israel, not God's pick, but the people's pick. 
And David is God's pick. Saul has already messed up. He messed up royally. And God has already taken his presence from him. He is no longer blessing Saul's efforts. And that is very important to today's story. He had Samuel, the prophet, anoint David as a young boy. But Saul doesn't know anything about that. Saul brings David into his, uh, into his army. Uh, David is a commander in his army, and David accomplishes great things. David is most famous for winning the battle with Goliath, but David was the commander of Saul's army and was doing a great job for Saul, and he was doing it for Saul and for God. He was not about his own selfishness. He was all about honoring who he felt was God's man in the kingship. But Saul got jealous. The big green-eyed monster, Saul, began to be very self-deceived. We've talked about it for weeks, how that he was convinced that David was out to kill him. He was convinced that David was trying to manipulate the people to follow him, that he was that David was trying to give incentives to tell Saul's men of what he was going to do for them when he came to be king. Saul was Saul was just he was just one bundle of self-deception. And we're going to see one point of that today that is another application for you and for me. So we're in 1 Samuel 23. I'm reading from the NLT. So let's go into this. It says, One day news came to David that the Philistines were at Keilah stealing grain from the threshing floor. David asked the Lord, Should I go and attack them? Yes, go and save Keilah, the Lord said to him. So we're going to stop right there and just, just look at what we see. What have we already seen in this? So the Philistines were the main enemies of Israel during this time period. And David was on the run. David was being stalked by King Saul and he was on the run. But he wasn't on the run from the Lord. The Lord was with him every step of the way that David wanted to acknowledge him. Uh, we did see a few weeks ago where David... He, he kind of got lost in himself and he thought that this was all about him and that Saul definitely was going to win the battle. Uh, but yes, even David, even David was deceived and not by another, but by his own thoughts. As we continue through this, I want you to begin thinking, how often have you been deceived by your own thoughts? It didn't have to be what somebody else told you. It was the thoughts that you ruminated on and that you, you just got going in your mind. We see that David has a relationship with the Lord. David is directly asking the Lord, should I go and attack them? We don't see a lot of that in the Old Testament. For those of us who are Christ followers, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And as a result, we have, we have the ability to be able to just think inside of our minds and to ask the God of the universe for wisdom in our dealings. That was not something that was part of 
life in the Old Covenant and in the Old Testament times. But David has a relationship with the Lord. And at this point, David is specifically asking the Lord for wisdom. He is trusting that the Lord has anointed him and the Lord is going to bring to pass the promises that he has given by promising that David would be the next king. So David asked him for wisdom. In what ways do you need to stop right now and ask God for wisdom? It may be in relationships. It may be in job choices. It may be in church connections that you have and questions you have. It may be in deep theological questions where you're just try still trying to figure out like why God does what he does. Uh, you know, asking him is the only place to begin that conversation. But David's asking him for specific wisdom. He wants to know if him putting himself out there is what the Lord would want. And the Lord answers him. He has a relationship with the Lord that Saul does not have. That is important as we go along. Verse 3, but David's men said, we're afraid even here in Judah. We certainly don't want to go to Keilah to fight the whole Philistine army. So there were about 600 men at this time. We talked a few weeks ago about how David had a motley crew that followed him. He was the outcast and he had a bunch of outcasts that followed him. And it's grown to about 600 men at this time. So David asked the Lord again. And again, the Lord replied, go down to Keilah and I will help you conquer the Philistines. So David and his men went to Keilah. They slaughtered the Philistines and took all their livestock and rescued the people of Keilah. Now when Abiathar, son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Keilah, he brought the ephod to with him. Um, so the ephod was in the economy of Israel at that time. The ephod was an object that was used that was part of the priestly role. And at this point, it is not specific to today's text, but it's something that you might want to look up just to understand why it was important to, to mention that. Um, because we've already seen that David is just speaking directly to God. He has a relationship where he is able to find out from the Lord wisdom in ways that others at that time that just wasn't the norm. In verse 7, it says, Saul soon learned that David was at Keilah. Good, he exclaimed. We've got him now. God has handed him over to me, for he has trapped himself in a walled town. That is our focal verse, so we're going to come back to it. So Saul mobilized his entire army to march to Keilah and besiege David and his men. I, whenever I was reading over this, and I'm just looking at verse 7, Saul soon learned that David was at Keilah. Good, he exclaimed. We've got him now. God has handed him over to me, for he has trapped himself in a wall town. And we're going to find out next week that that is not the case. Uh, and the ephod is going to come into play much more in next week's lesson. But Saul, Saul is deceived. And it's not by other people. 
it more than likely is not from the satanic forces, even though they could have whispered in his ear that this had come from God. But more than likely, it's in Saul's own messed up thoughts. Saul was convinced that he was in the right, that David was in the wrong for trying to take his kingdom, and that God was on his side. He could not have been more wrong. We've already seen that in scripture, and we're going to continue to see it in scripture. And we look at this, and like you, you almost want to feel sorry for Saul and just kind of shake him and wake him up and say, Saul, you are clueless. Do you not realize that the Lord has left you and he is not acting on your behalf? He has not trapped David so that you can go kill him for absolutely no reason. But when we look at this, I want us to look at this and flip the script and put you in Saul's place. How many times have you been trapped by your own wrong thoughts? How many times, and I'm asking God right now to reveal to you the truth, how many times have you not stepped forward into the purpose that God has for you because you deceived yourself? You allowed thoughts of unworthiness to keep you from what God had for you. You've allowed thoughts of what others might think or what you think others do think to keep you from becoming all God created you to be. We all, every last one of us, can fall into the trap of self-deception. Our weekly assignment feature is in which areas of your life might you be falling for deception? And I intentionally made it more than just self-deception because it may be that you're being deceived by others. Maybe people who are close to you in your life, maybe people in your work environment, maybe people who are on the TV that are out there on the big screen, maybe even those that have deceived themselves into believing that they are ministers and they are deceiving countless by taking bits and pieces of God's word, not the whole counsel of scripture. I'm going to read a few verses on deception, and I want you to begin to, to think through this. Now, we talked about the idea of deception and false confidence when we were in the book of Judges and we were talking about Samson, 
you may or may not have been with us during that part of the podcast, but hopefully you've read in Judges 16 and a couple of chapters before about Samson. Samson was a unique judge of Israel. There's no doubt about that. And Samson made some really bad decisions on a regular basis. And God still used him, which is miraculous. But where the self-deception comes in is Samson was so used to being able to do pretty much whatever he wanted, and God had still remained with him. Samson just thought that that was his birthright. He just assumed that was part of who he was. And so he acted as such, similar to Saul here, in the fact that Saul had had the Lord on his side in the early years of his kingship. And he's acting as if he still does. And so Samson is deceived multiple times because the Philistines want to rid themselves of him. They want to make him powerless. It would be like Superman and kryptonite and trying to figure out what is Samson's kryptonite. And eventually Samson tells Delilah what his kryptonite is, the fact that his hair being cut And so Samson has had this happen multiple times where he wakes up and Delilah just wants to see if really he's told her the truth and if he has, you know, the power is really gone. And Samson's used to just waking up and just tearing into things and always everything being the same. In other words, he has the confidence that God is not going to leave him no matter what stupid thing he does, to be real honest. But in verse 20, we said, Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. And yet he had. Similar to Saul. Both of these men were walking in the confidence that they still had a close relationship to God and that God was going to be there when they needed him. And that was not the case. And that could be you. Is it possible that you believe you are closer to the Lord than you are? So many times you've heard me, if you've been heard this podcast at any time, you have heard me pray over you the last two verses in Psalm 139. And I pray that even now, that God would search you and know your heart, that he would test you and know your anxious thoughts, that he would point out any offensive way in you and lead you in the way everlasting. If you are not fully committed to Christ, you are not where God wants you. And you are not going to receive the power the full power of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. You may have been walking in rebellion. You may have been deceiving yourself that you're not that bad. Look at the preacher's daughter or whatever kind of craziness that you've got going on in your head. And yet, you've been powerless for much longer than you've ever realized. Let's look at some more verses. So 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen. These people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. There are many places in Scripture where we hear about false prophets. Those people 
who are out there deceiving others, pretending to represent the Lord God Almighty, and yet they are deceiving themselves and others. Don't fall for it. Ask God for wisdom. Second one, Ephesians 5, 6, Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. God is not fooled. You may not, you may not feel God's conviction when you gossip about another. You may not feel God's conviction when you violate the temple, which is your body in which the Holy Spirit dwells. You may not feel God's conviction anymore because you have moved so far away from His line, His place, His spirit. Don't think that just because you do not feel God's prompting each time you sin, that you are where you need to be. It may be that you have walked so far away that God is removing his presence. Not that you have lost your salvation, but that God is removing his, that relationship that you have, that fellowship that you have. He's removing it because you are choosing to walk away. And you may feel like you still have this all together and that God is still right by your side. But that's not what God's word says. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sin, these sins. It's a list of them. But you get the picture. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Jeremiah 17, 9. This is the um, primary additional verse that we have for today. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? And that's what it comes down to. Self-deception is self-destruction. And I just, I'm just begging you, no matter who you are, I don't care if you are a pastor of a church. I don't care if you are someone who just came to Christ. I don't care if you've been a member of a church for 50 years. I'm asking you to come to God right now and ask him, are there areas of deception that I have been falling for? Whether they be areas of self-deception, areas of being deceived by others, or areas of being deceived by the father of lies. Psalm 120 verse 2, rescue me, O Lord, from liars and from all deceitful people. I pray that on your behalf and mine right now, that God would rescue us from liars and from all deceitful people. John 8, 44, For you are the children of your father the devil, and you love to do evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He was always, he's always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. That is the character of Satan. He is a liar. In what ways are you allowing him to deceive you? Could it be in, in the fact that he keeps whispering or yelling into your ear? You're not worth it. 
Could it be that he keeps saying, it's not worth the risk? Like, you're going to be rejected. So don't even talk to that person about Jesus. Like, that's not going to do you any good. You're just going to get egg on your face. Somebody else will do it. I mean, just, I want you to just sit for just a moment and maybe even journal some of the deceiving words that you have been not only listening to, but holding on to that are keeping you from being all God created you to be. And 1 John 3.20. 1 John 3.20 says, Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and He knows everything. God knows everything. You have the privilege, just as David, to ask God for wisdom. You have the privilege to ask God what direction do I go? You have the privilege to ask God, God, please show me any areas in which I am walking in lies. They may be lies that you have been believing your entire life, or they may be recent ones where you've had a, something happen, whether it's in a relationship or whether it is in your job, where you've had something happen and as a result, it has twisted your thinking. Think about it with Saul. Saul was not always this messed up. Now, Saul was an odd bird. Go back and look. Go back at when Saul first found out that he was going to be king of Israel and see if I'm not telling the truth that he was an odd bird from the start. But God chose to use that odd bird, and he did deliver the people of Israel. And God did give him some time of being in God's powerhouse. Like Saul would work and God would move and God would deliver the Israelites from the Philistines and Saul would be very proud of himself because he delivered the Israelites. But there came a time where Saul no longer looked to God. I still wonder about his relationship with God. I've always wondered. But thankfully, it's between him and God. But the level of self-deception, if we were to go back and look at Saul and look at his story from beginning to end and look at all the faulty thoughts that he had, the majority of them were about David because he had in his mind that David had it out for him, that David was going to kill him. But those aren't the only ones. He also, he also believed that Jonathan, his oldest son, that was so close to David, that Jonathan was going to kill him, that John, like he just was a messed up dude. But the thing is, you and I can do the same things. Like we see it in the pictures pictures and the pages of scripture and you look and you're like Saul was just off the chain but if someone were to take a video of your life just in this last week and it comes accompanied with those word bubbles so we can see your thoughts not just your actions but your thoughts like what do you think we're going to see are all of your thoughts going to be focused on truth? 
and God, what God says about you and what God says about your life and what God says about your purpose? Or are we going to see a whole lot of what your second grade teacher said bad about you or what your ex-husband said or what your rival has always told others? Like, what, what are we going to see? I'm asking God this very moment, dear Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would open up spiritual eyes and ears. I pray for each person within the sound of my voice. I pray, dear Father, that you would make each of us aware of areas where we are falling for deception. Whether that deception comes from the enemy, Satan, the father of lies, whether it comes through another person who also may be just the conduit of what Satan wants to accomplish, or whether it is self-deception, where we ourselves are just continuing the script that's been rolling in our minds, none of which is from you. Dear Father, we have only one life to live. And if we continue in the self-deception, we're going to look just as foolish as uh, Saul. And Satan is going to be happy beyond measure that he has been able to keep us trapped in our thoughts and believing lies. And we will reach the end of our life and just be so torn up as we're able to see how few people have followed us to the throne. Dear God, please break us. Please take the scales from our eyes. Please help each of us to see clearly to see the places where we've been deceived and to learn your truth, rest in your truth, claim your truth, and walk in your truth all the days of our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so very much for tuning in this week. Again, you can reach out to me at encouragingothersandlovingjesus at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if there's anything you'd like to discuss, I've been using the Overcast podcast app um, myself whenever I'm listening to podcasts. That link is down below. If you want to know something about stalking, since we've been talking about the whole idea of Saul has been stalking David and will be for a long time, there's information below. You can join our Facebook group, Encouraging Others and Loving Jesus. Uh, all that information is in the show notes, uh, as well as resources that I've used, all the additional verses. I just thank you so much for tuning in. And, and I, I just ask you to, to just take a moment and think, think about at least one person in your life that you feel like really needs to hear what God just said. And take a moment to share it. Share the link to the podcast on whichever platform. 
you just don't know what God might do by your obedience. The podcast is free for you to listen to, and it's free for you to share. But it only takes a moment to spread a seed that may change the life of another. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. Mm -hmm.